this is what you go through. You go through this pattern. You start out so excited and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not sure I can do this. And then you want to give up and potentially you do give up and you try to find something else and start over. But what does it take to really push through to then go to the other side and say, no, I'm actually going to be informed and continue moving forward into success. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to be talking about why change, especially as it relates to how we manage money, is so difficult. Now, Leo, I know that you read a book that actually helped inspire this episode, so why don't you introduce us to that and some of the concepts we'll be talking about today. Yeah, as you all know, we are always focused on self-improvement. David and I like to find better ways to do uh, what we do in life, whether it's our work life, our personal life, we always try to improve. And recently I came across a book, a friend of mine actually recommended it. It's called The 12-Week Year, and it was written by Brian Morgan and Michael Lennington. And again, it's The 12-Week Year, getting more done in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months. And so, of course, whenever somebody recommends a book to me, especially a a good friend that I trust, I go ahead and read it. So I read this over the last weekend, and it really appealed to me because it gives me a process of creating goals and being more focused on what I'm trying to accomplish over the next 12 weeks. And it's really the mindset of going from thinking of what you're trying to accomplish. Usually we think about it from a 12-month perspective, right? Everything is cyclical, right? So even our budget, we talk about the budget being a 12-month plan, not a monthly plan. Well, this is the opposite of that. Instead of thinking of our goals and plans as being a year long, it's really trying to cram it down into a shorter period of time, three months, 12 weeks, so that you can get more done, stay more focused. Otherwise, the statistics show that, you know, we get excited about the beginning of the year, we set goals, but by the time the end of January comes, some of those are completely gone and off our radar. And then as the year begins to come to an end, we get excited. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, but we we had so many things we wanted to do. So I wanted to read 20 books and now I got to read 15 in the next month and a half. So this is the idea of this book is how to actually do more by actually shortening the time so that it really forces you to think about it and to make changes and stick with that plan. But I found something in this book that was really fascinating because as I was reading it, and this is what we want to talk about in this episode today, that I was reading it, I found a process of behavior or the, the behavior change that happens as we try to embrace a new way of doing things. And I thought it was really relevant in the way we manage money. I think it applies to pretty much every area of life, anywhere you want to make a change. But I found it very useful for uh, finances. So in the book, the authors talk about the five stages people move through emotionally when changing their behavior. We're going to dive into these a little deeper, but let me just go over the five and then we'll take one at a time. So the first one is uninformed optimism. This is when you set that goal and you're like, this is going to be great. I'm going to achieve this. And there's a lot of optimism, but there's not a lot of information. The second one is informed pessimism. This is where you go from optimism to pessimism because now you know more about what it's going to take to actually make the change. The third is the low point. It's the valley of despair. This is where most people quit because this is where the real rubber meets the road. This is where you actually have to work this plan out. And there's a lot of opposition, right? Because you're trying to change. And the emotional side is that this is the lowest point. 
And then step four is informed optimism. So if you push through the valley of despair, you get to informed optimism. Again, on the positive side of emotions, optimism, and you have more information now. You've done it. You've gained some information. You've had a couple of small wins. You're looking like, okay, I might actually be able to do this. And then, of course, if you continue that, then the last step is success and fulfillment. So again, it's uninformed optimism, informed pessimism, value of despair, informed optimism, and then success and fulfillment. So let's dive into each one of these, David. Yeah, this is a really great framework for understanding the emotions that you're going to feel as mm -hmm. you start to create a new behavior in your life. And right. this is something that Leo and I have seen countless times as we've counseled people absolutely, and in our own lives as we've added new behaviors and new ways of thinking into our life as we try to change something this is what you go through you go through this pattern you start out so excited and all of a sudden you realize oh my gosh i'm not sure i can do this and then you want to give up and potentially you do give up and you try to find something else and start over but what does it take to really push through to then go to the other side and say, no, I'm actually going to be informed and continue moving forward into success. And so let's look at these five things and just dig into each one a little bit more. I also want to say that we're talking about uh, this book where it, it talks about 12-week goals versus a, a year-long goal or a year-long shift. Uh, this is what you do in colleges. Usually a semester is about 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of a, this is a good way of looking at things because if you try to say, oh, in the, in the next year, I'm going to change this in my life, that's, that can be a little bit too big of a window. Yeah. It's like, hey, what am I going to do in 12 weeks to make a major shift? And then do another 12 weeks and, and improve on it or shift it again. Yeah. So this is, it's kind of cool. That reminds me of a saying. It says that most people underestimate what they can do in five years and overestimate what they can do in a few weeks or in a year. And that's usually true. We're very optimistic. We want to accomplish this. But we diminish the fact that if we just stay steady, and do a little bit at a time in five, 10, 15 years, we're gonna accomplish some amazing things. Right. And that's that's relates to finances very much so because it's that steady plotting, it's the consistency that really pays off. So let's start with the uninformed optimism. And th this is, we, we see this all the time. You've probably seen it on social media with your friends. I know you've experienced it. It's that idea that you, you have something that sparks your interest. Mm -hmm. Somebody influences you or informs you on something new. And you're like, I want to go do that. I can do that. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm going to go flip real estate and make so much money. Like you just, you have this optimism that I'm going to get rich quick doing this thing, or I'm going to go invest in individual stocks and I'm going to make a million dollars in the next five years. Like there's this thing where yeah. it's like something it's only positive. So it's only positive. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to eat salad. And in, in four weeks, I'm going to have lost 25 pounds right. just from making a quick switch to salad versus steak or, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to jump on the paleo diet, the whole 30. It's this, this is going to be easy. I'm going to go tackle this thing. I've got this new vision, something I'm excited mm -hmm. about, but I'm uninformed to the amount of work it's going to take. Right. So the optimism is high. Um, I even I heard just just today somebody who had just started studying for their real estate brokerage license and they're going to be selling real estate like just property, right? Just mm -hmm. houses to people, and they were so excited. And and I have a little bit more knowledge. I'm not super informed. I have a little bit more knowledge of how much work it takes and the energy and the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the so training you have to go through. The training you have to go through. So my thought immediately was to like, okay, the, can this person handle this? Yeah. Like there are some people that are going to handle it and love it. But I'm thinking, is this individual 
going to actually be able to go to the other side of this whole emotional change. Yeah. But they were currently living in uninformed optimism. It's going to be great. I'm going to sell houses. I'm going to make so much money. <laughs> What's interesting is that when you look at all the marketing that's being done for really anything that's going to improve our life, especially dieting, that's what they're trying to get you to do is to have this optimism and actually hit the buy button. Right. right. Because what they're trying to sell you is this is going to be an easy way for you to reach this goal that you've had all your life to be thinner, to be whatever. And we have to understand that a commercial, whatever marketing you're exposed to, is not going to give you all the information. They're just going to right. tell you the good things. Like you can take these pills and you don't have to change anything and you're going to lose weight while you're sleeping. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Like I don't want to be in the gym, you know, an hour every day in order to lose a couple pounds or maintain my weight. I'd rather just take a pill. So it appeals to us because it increases our optimism and makes us believe like this is possible. And actually, it's, that's a really important step. Like if we never believe it, we'll never take the next step. So it's an important step, but it's only the first step. Right, right. So let's talk about some pitfalls in this step and maybe even some tips on like how to actually get through this step in a positive way. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, basically you haven't taken the time to think through the amount of work that it's going to take for you to be successful. Mm -hmm. you, you've heard the marketing, so you're sold, but you haven't actually sat down and thought through it. So you end up, you know, it, from a financial standpoint, you end up grabbing a quick budgeting software or you pay for an expensive course because you're like, hey, I'm just going to jump in. I'm just going to take that first step. Yeah. But you don't really think through how much time and energy it's going to take. And that's a pitfall mm -hmm. because you've made a purchase or you've, you've decided you're going to do something without really understanding what you decided. Yeah, you decided to make an investment, potentially even a financial one, without knowing, am I going to actually going to be able to go through this? Am I right. committed to the level where this is not going to be a waste of my money? And that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. So we need to go beyond that. So that's a pitfall. When you see something like this, when you see a potential answer, ask the next question. Yeah. Have I done this before? Have I attempted to do this particular thing or change this behavior before? And what happened halfway through the journey? Mm -hmm. So it's important to be realistic because it may be the right thing, but it may require you to embrace a different way of thinking so that you can actually succeed. Yep. So how do you get through it? Well, for me, the first thing is you have to take a step. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do have to, if you, if you have a vision for something new, yep. then you've got to take a step towards it. Right. But then you've got to do the research and you've yep. got to learn and you've got to educate and then take a step. Yeah. And I would also say, David, that I think you need to really clarify the vision. So, you know, we all have a vision for different things in our lives. We want to have a better family. We want to have a better income. We want to have better relationships, whatever that is. But a lot of times we don't actually sit down and write that out to actually say, this is the vision. This is what I want to look like in 12 weeks, two months, three years, whatever it is. And I think it's really important to clarify what is your vision for taking on this challenge? If the reason you're getting your finances in order or wish to get your finances in order is to pay off your debt because it's just stressing you out, then you have to think about, all right, what is it going to look like when I am out of debt? Like literally write that down. What is it going to look like? This is something uh, we did when we were trying to pay off our home. It was the last debt that we had, and we had about a five-year window to pay it off. And we literally talked about this all the time. We would talk about what it would be like not to have to write a check to the mortgage company and what that money was going to allow us to do for ourselves, for our kids, and for our future. So it gave us a vision so that we had a perspective of where we were going so that when it got hard, we weren't tempted to give up the dream. So vision is really important because it's going to anchor you and empower you to go from step to step to step. 
Yeah, and and so the all throughout this five stages of emotion of changing your emotions changing through a behavioral change. Mm-hmm. All of these emotions, the vision is going to be extremely important at each stage. Yep. And at this beginning stage, you have to form that vision. Right. Then take a step. Then do some research. Then take a step. Then do some research. Then take a step. Then do some research. You're going to have to keep learning. But you're going to have to move forward. Yeah. Uh, you got to take action. You got to take action. You can't just do paralysis of analysis mm-hmm. and sit there forever and never never make an action that causes you to project into the vision that you want to fulfill for your life. Mm-hmm. I agree. So let's go to the second one then. Once you go through the uninformed optimism and you begin to take these steps, then you become informed. And as you become informed, the emotional side is, uh-oh, this is not so easy. And you begin to doubt yourself, right? <laughs> you begin to doubt yourself. This is where pessimism comes in. That's why it's called informed pessimism. And the pitfall here is that you start really looking at your finances in a very detailed way, right? Which means you now see all the problems with your finances. You see the things you've ignored for a long time. You see maybe your net worth is negative. Like you never realized, gosh, I'm literally in negative financial position. That, that's that's terrible, right? So it could be very demoralizing at that point because really you don't know how long it's going to take to get you out of it. And this is one of the things that as David and I coach people, this is the part that really a coach really can come alongside and say, whoa, hang on. It's not about knowing exactly what the journey is going to be like because none of us know what that's going to look like. But it's about setting a good vision and then beginning to take some steps, changing some of the behavior, putting a plan in place and just executing, staying faithful to that. Every step of this, your emotions are going to be charged and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So find reasons not to quit. Find reasons not to quit. This is one of those things where as you gain more information, you're going to want to quit. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of times the reason that we something sparks our interest and causes us to want to make a behavioral change is because we're in some kind of pain, mm-hmm. financial pain, um, physical pain, if somebody's wanting to change their diet or their eating habits, or or maybe just emotional pain from feeling a certain way and just the way you look or the way that you feel every morning when you wake up. So if you're looking at, at finances and and all of a sudden you say, hey, I'm going to, I'm an un, uninformed optimism, I'm going to go chase this down. But then you see all those negatives and you see, oh my gosh, I am, I have a, a negative equity. I have uh, all of a sudden I'm looking at all this the debt I have, all of, into each individual expense. It can be overwhelming and mm-hmm. you go right into this. Now I'm informed, but I'm so like unhappy because I can see all the pain. And here's what's tricky. You're, exp- you're seeing the pain now for the first time, maybe at a deeper level, but you also used to potentially overspend as a coping mechanism for other pain in your life or Mm -hmm. other things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And so now you're having to deal with the overspending and you're having to address the actual pain of seeing all these problems that you may not have even seen before. So this, uh, this informed pessimism stage is very difficult. Yeah. Uh, This is like, this is where the train starts to slow down dramatically. Like you're, you're at first you're shooting up, like you're like, this is great. This is great. I'm going higher and higher. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I have learned a lot. And now you start to feel a lot of emotional pain and you're thinking, oh, I don't, I don't know that I want to do this. Yeah. And this is tricky. And there's another side to it. Remember, this is an emotional journey as well as it is a practical one. So the emotions and your mind is telling you, it didn't used to be so hard, David. Just quit. I mean, just why do you need to do this? Why do you need to track every expense? This is just making you feel worse. Just go on a shopping spree. <laughs> Don't look at the money. Just go have some fun. 
And literally everything inside of you is wanting you to stop this. And the easiest way to do it is to become ignorant again about your finances. Right, right. Because there's a, to a degree, we can put our head in the sand. Right. Right? As long as there's a positive balance in our checking account or we can borrow more, we can keep this up. But understand, that's, that's not what got you here. What right. got you here is you identified a problem, you jumped on a solution, and it doesn't mean the solution is not good. It just means you have to go to the next step. You're going to have to put in work. And so, so let's go back to the vision because the vision will affect every one of these behavioral changes mm -hmm. and the emotions that you feel throughout it. So A, you've got to, when you're here, you have to make sure that you write down the vision. And go back to it and read it. And maybe, yes. maybe put it where you can see it every day, multiple times a day. Yes. And then you've got to embrace the fact that this is hard, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It is going to be difficult when you see you have a, a negative net worth or you see that, you know, you don't have equity in your home that you thought you had because you had to refinance at some point in time where you had to because you chose to refinance at some time. Uh, but you're looking at these debts. You've got to say, OK, this is hard, but it is worth it. The vision that I've written, the plan that I'm going towards, the goal is so much more worth the time and energy than mm -hmm. the pain that I'm going to experience. And then you basically have to determine in advance how you're going to react. Like, I know that some pain is coming as I become informed. What am I going to do about that? Right. You've got to sit down and write down, okay, well, as soon as I start to feel the stress or as soon as I start to feel the uncomfort, what am I going to do? I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to reach out for help. I'm going to, I'm going to take a five-minute break. I'm going to, I'm going to do... Uh, a few exercises, and I'm going to come back and, and do it again. Like I'm not going to I'm not my I'm not going to turn around and disengage from the process. I'm going to choose some healthy mechanisms that as soon as I feel this pain, I either push into it a little bit harder, and I realize nope, this is just part of the process, or I get some outside counsel. You've got to determine in advance what you're going to do. This is such a crucial step in what David just shared because if you ahead of time recognize that this is not going to be easy, it's one, it's not going to surprise you. Right. And number two, you can ahead of time almost train your emotions to react differently to the situation, especially if you're doing this as a couple. You're going to want to get at each other's throats. You're going to blame somebody like you got us in this mess or whatever. I, you know, and if you ahead of time decide or recognize, hey, this is going to be hard. We're going to have hard times through this, but we're stronger than that. We can get through it. Then really what you're doing is you're you're declawing the monster, so to speak, of your emotions taking over. And you can get through it in a much more healthy way. And just know, this is about, it's like running a marathon. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other, and eventually I'll get there. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is. And then just determine in advance that you won't quit. Yeah. Like, make that commitment early on. Make that mm -hmm. a part of the vision. Make that a part of your, okay, I, I know. If you know about these five stages, <laughs> you know that your emotions are going to go high to low to the depths and then start to come back up and then go back high again. Then, then when when emotions are high, acknowledge that you have some depths that are coming and that you're going to have to walk through that and that you're not going to quit. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah, let's good. talk about now that you've been informed, now that you're experiencing this pain and you're walking into the valley of despair because you're realizing this is going to take... Uh, Leo and I talk about it. It'll take you 90 days just to get your budget in a place where it's like kind of working, kind of making sense, but it'll take you a year potentially to get to where you're really comfortable with that budget. Yeah. And then as you have been really successful for a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, then, oh my goodness, it becomes so easy because you've just done it and yeah. you, you expect things and you anticipate things. But the first 90 days, yeah. 
you don't even know. You don't even know what your finances look like. You're learning, you're growing, things are going to change. So, so let's say you're at that 90 day mark and you're just like, oh my goodness. Or, or let's say the 30 day mark or the 40 day mark. And you're like this, I'm in the valley of despair. This is so frustrating. Yeah, this is where people really want to quit because it gets hard and you honestly just can't see the finish line. And we all want to know how long is this pain going to last? And unfortunately, we just don't know. And I don't know why this is. I think it's a test of our nature, of who we are, and to make us better and stronger that things get worse before they get better. Like, we all know that. It's a kind of a crappy thing to, to agree to, but it's true. You, you know, you decide to do something and all of a sudden it seems like everything starts to push against you succeeding. And I think there's some truth to that, but it also has a lot to do with your emotions and what you agree ahead of time, what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow. And I think you have to very clearly set some parameters as to not allowing any, any negative thoughts, especially from you, to permeate and and. and feed your mind. Because if you allow those negative thoughts, then you're going to focus on only the negative. You're going to focus on, this is never going to work. This is going to be too long. This is painful. Oh, here's another bill that came up. Here's another charge that we weren't expecting. Here's another car repair that we want. All of this is going to happen to you. But I promise you, this is like the dark before the dawn. And if you push through, you'd be surprised how quickly you'll come out on the other side. But it is a test of your character. It's, the, it's really, honestly, the test of your willingness to actually make that change and make it a long-lasting change. Your body, your mind, everything's fighting against you making that change. But if you do it, like David said, three, five years from now, you're going to just think, how did I ever live any other way? But that's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Recognize that where you are right now, you're not seeing the light. All you're mm-hmm. seeing is the darkness. But if you stick to the plan you've set in place and stay committed to that, go back to your vision. Vision is what fuels you and empowers you to keep pushing forward. And this is a really key part of it. This is where accountability and ownership is really important. So in the book, they actually talk about accountability not as something that you and I maybe do together. That could be that. But really the way they talk about it is from a self-perspective because this is a change you're going through individually maybe or as a couple. And even if you're going through it as a couple, you still have to individually get to that place where you're like, this is the way I'm going to live Mm -hmm. and what I believe from now on. And my actions are going to follow that belief. So if you think about accountability this way, I think it's going to help you. They talk about accountability as ownership. So it's not a matter of I got to meet with David and David's going to look at my budget and he's going to say, you know, you spend too much on eating out or whatever. That's not the kind of accountability we're talking about. Although you need somebody that you should answer to because you want to be able to be responsible. Mm -hmm. And when you know somebody else is going to see how you're doing and you have to give that report, Mm -hmm. you're going to be more on your toes. And that's very helpful. In a very practical sense, that's very helpful. However, accountability on an emotional level is when you say, this is who I am. I'm going to take ownership mm-hmm, of the situation, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to quit because if I quit on this, it's not just quitting on this system, it's quitting on me, Right. and I just right. will not do that. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about accountability here, is that you literally take ownership and saying, I am trying to get my life to be better. I am going to be better as a result. So no, there's no option that I'm going to quit, even though it's the darkest of the dark times, but I'm going to push through it. Yeah, this is really, it becomes an identity issue, mm-hmm. and... This is where a lot of people, and and you've seen it, somebody just, they bounce 
from thing to thing to thing, from new idea to new idea to new idea, from from job to job to job, from educational goal to educational goal to educational goal, from um, diet to diet, diet to, to diet. diet to diet. Yeah. I mean, from multi-level marketing scheme to get rich quick over here to get rich quick over here, because th- there's this uninformed optimism that shoots up. And then there's the informed pessimism followed by despair. And then they restart and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to try something else new. Something else new yeah. will be optimistic again. And I'll feel good because when you're on the uninformed optimism, it yeah. feels good. It feels amazing. When you listen to marketing, you feel like, oh, I can do anything because yeah. the marketing told me I can do anything. And if you're around a bunch of people that will constantly say, hey, you can do anything, but they don't actually give you the accountability and the relationship and the tools and they don't help you push through the valley of despair. Right. If you just stay in the optimist zone, then you you are living almost a lot. Your identity starts to shift to where it's like, oh, I'm the kind of person who, um, you know, I start things, but I don't do things. And, and we them, all yeah. know those people. I, you know, I start something, I don't finish it. And so... This is where this is this becomes a part of who you are. Am I the kind of person that's going to push through at this third stage, at the valley of despair? And and when I teach this, uh, when I teach finances from a biblical perspective, part of that identity shift is to being a steward or mm. a manager. Right. And there's a biblical theological component to this to say, look. This is a part of your identity. You are a steward. This is not about your money being perfect. This is about your identity as a manager of what belongs to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a huge identity shift that, that I do in biblical theological teaching. But when you're looking at just your personal finances, let's say you don't come from that perspective or, or worldview, you still have to shift your identity and say, okay, um, I'm, I'm no longer the kind of person that that stops halfway through. Right. I am going to be a good manager. It's not about just that that goal of being out of debt. It's not just about the goal of, you know, having a million dollars, but but I'm going to now shift this. This is about my relationships. This is about being a healthy adult individual who mm-hmm. holds a job, continues yeah. to increase their income and removes debt from their life. Like yeah. you're just shifting your identity, and that's a yeah. big deal. It, it's huge because it really says I'm going to be a responsible, dependable person that people can mm-hmm. count on. Mm-hmm. And all of us want to be that person, right? We want to be counted on. We want to be trusted. We want to be relied upon to be the rock that people need in times. Yeah. And not because we need have some ego that needs to be, you know, inflamed or anything, but it's because intrinsically inside of us is more than just survival. It's about being part of a community, yeah. helping people. Again, the reason we do this podcast, David, is because it's a lot of work. We we both have other responsibilities, full-time jobs, but we do it because we know how beneficial this could be for people. And so we do it as a way of serving people, hoping that our information will take somebody from one step to another or push them to success. And, and that's rewarding. And I can't right. imagine not doing that. It would be like, it would be like me stifling something inside of me that is just wanting to burst out. Mm-hmm. So, that's inside of each one of you that are listening. And sometimes finances, I know for me this was the case, finances could be that one win that if you push through, will open the door for so many other wins. Yeah, It'll change you in, into another person, the one that you're supposed to be, that you're mm-hmm. always meant to be. So I think it's such a, I mean, you talk about it from a biblical perspective. I think there's so much of that. When you read these biblical principles and you understand these concepts, these theological concepts, it helps you to understand, man, I am... 
I am so uh, gifted and able to do things beyond what I thought. And that, that makes the world better. Yeah. You know, and you were created for that. So you can fight it or you can ignore it. But ultimately, if you get through this, this could be one win that will result in many, many other wins. And yeah. successes in areas of your life you can't even imagine right now. And and so, you know, how do you get through this? It's accountability. It's having people in your corner that are going to walk with you. Mm-hmm. And it's staying connected to a source of motivation, which is why we created Getting Money Right. right. So that every week you have a source of motivation to think through your finances, to have a shift in your mentality, to take new ownership, to shift your identity, to be a good steward or a good manager of these resources. And so you've got to push through. Part of it is your mental toughness, but part of it is having other people in your corner. And I don't know that it's 50-50. I don't know what the mix is. Some people will say, it's all about your mental toughness. You've got to toughen up and mm. figure this out. And I would say, yes, you. That, there's truth to that. Yeah, there's ownership. There you is ownership. Yeah. But then there's also accountability and relationship and having mentors and finding somebody that will walk with you and leaning back on that vision. And sometimes other people can cast vision into your life that you've not had before because they can see things in you that you can't see in yourself. So, so going through the valley of despair, those are some of the tools and resources to chase that down. That's good. Now, let's look at informed optimism. All right, you're starting to come out of the valley of despair because you have learned, you've had people who've spoken into your life, you've listened to a good source of ongoing motivation. You've stayed consistent to taking action. Yes. And you've seen some positive results. That's really key. Yeah, you're back in the position of positivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're starting to actually see the fruit of your work. That's right. And so you've got these habits now that you've put in place because you've started tracking your expenses. You've started using the budget consistently. Or let's say you're on a diet, you've started tracking your caloric intake. Mm-hmm. You've started uh, having a smoothie every morning for breakfast or choosing a salad every day at lunch or, or whatever you've chosen to do. That habit now sits there. Mm-hmm. And when the habit is in place... You're you're starting to feel really good. Yeah, you're you're informed and you're having positive outcomes. So you're in this positive place. Mm-hmm. This is a fun place to be. Yeah, I agree. And this is where you're starting to see that hey, this is actually working. Maybe for the first time, you've been able to get through that valley of despair, and you're seeing that this is working. And this is extremely motivational because this is where you're seeing debt being paid off. You're seeing certain wins that you never could have done before. And you're really starting to, from a financial standpoint, you're starting to see your finances in a totally different light, right? You're allowing your budget to actually guide your spending rather than just emotionally spending. So there's so many good things that are happening here. And really, in this stage, all we can say is the thing that's going to help you stay more motivated is get into a community of people that are doing this because that's what these people are doing. They're consistently talking about the good things that they're experiencing, but also the challenges that they're overcoming and even the challenges they're facing. So it's so important that you have a community of people that that are interested in this topic. You know, if you're interested in dieting, you'd want to be part of a group that is going through that process and seeing some wins. Listen, if you do this on your own, it's going to be a very difficult journey. We're not supposed to do this on our own. So I would really encourage you in this phase because there is still the potential to fall off the horse, so to speak. So keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't allow one big you know, knockout punch to literally knock you out. Right. You could have a car engine blow up and now you're out without a car. Right. But, but you don't throw the whole budget out because one thing happened. Now you've seen some successes, just keep going. Because then the next phase yeah. is the fulfillment and success phase. Yeah, when you get to that stage five success and fulfillment, 
Um, you've faced all these different challenges mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And you can look back at the history and know that when you face a new challenge, because challenges will always come in life, there will always be ups sure, and downs and sure. things you have to wrestle through. But now you can look back at that history and say, you know what, I'm going to be okay. And you've got good processes in place and you can more easily make adjustments on the fly because you actually start to see problems ahead of time. You're actually, you've now started to look up because before you were looking down and you were just grinding it out your day after day. Okay, I've got, now I've got to research this. Now I've got to research this. Now I've got to learn about this. Now I need to track this. Now I need to do this. And, and you're kind of just going, going, going. But now you've found some success. You start to look up a little bit. Your horizon shifts and you say, oh, okay, I, I can see it economically something that's shifting in the country. I need to be ready for that. Oh, I can see it in my job. I've got the emotional energy to look around my career and not just look at my individual day-to-day job, but look at my career and say, well, what do I want to be doing five years from now, 10 years from now? When you have that emotional energy, when you're living in this success and fulfillment stage, it, it actually just kind of compounds and grows on itself. It's like a snowball building yeah. and picking up steam where all of a sudden you're rolling really quickly. You're doing better and better and better. And this is where you turn around and hopefully will help serve other people mm-hmm. as they're in the valley of despair or as they're in the, <laughs> the starting out at that, you know, uninformed optimism. optimism. Yeah. It's like now you, you want to help them keep that excitement but you want to help them move through stage two and three quickly where they become informed. They don't sit in pessimism. They don't sit in the valley of despair. You can now turn around and help people move forward all, all through the five stages. So this success and fulfillment stage is a great place to be. Yeah, and it also opens up the opportunity, I think, for many of us who have gone through this process in one or two areas of our lives that we begin to see things we didn't see before. And it makes things that we never thought possible, possible. And quite doable, actually, because we understand what it takes to get there. And we're realistic about it. And that's what I love about this process. And when I saw this in this book, I thought, man, this is something we need to share with our audience because it does really give you a framework for being prepared from step one all the way through success on how to navigate through this. Managing money can be difficult, but honestly, if you have a good system in place, a lot of the problems that we face, especially the emotional side of it, can be so diminished to the point that we can just push right through it. So again, being informed, knowing what's coming, being prepared with a strong vision so you know what, why you're doing this because you have to anchor it to your goals and to the vision of who you're going to be on the other end. You do that and put some support in place uh, and some motivation along the way, I think, uh, I think you'll, you'll, you'll see the success and it'll be exciting. Yeah. Well, I hope that you've really enjoyed this episode and that this framework, the five stages that people move through emotionally when they're changing behaviors, has been helpful for you to see this. Uninformed optimism into informed pessimism to the valley of despair. You've started to go down and now you pick back up with informed optimism and then success and fulfillment. Those are the five stages. And I hope it's been beneficial for you. Uh, If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast, either on Apple or whatever podcast app you're using. And then please rate, review, and share this with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you give it a five-star rating on the Apple system, it helps more people find it. As you download and as you listen, it it changes the algorithm and helps more people find it. So please share it with somebody on social media. And if you want to learn more and gain access to the podcast show notes, financial tools, other relevant content, 
just go over to leosabo.com. And so Leo, what all, what all are you up to right now? Where else can people connect with you? What can they find on your website? Yeah, the best way to connect with me is through my website. That's where you'll find the content, some of the things that I'm up to. Of course, social media is also a place that I connect with. And I'm actually working on creating some additional tools that I hope will help you in the future. So stay tuned for that. That's coming in the next few months because I do want you to succeed. So I know that sometimes those practical journey can be difficult. So I want to provide some additional tools that will help. So I'm working on that right now. Um, So be looking forward to that. But ultimately, if you just want to know more about how to be successful in this. There's a lot of free resources on my website. There's also a small course that I put together that will walk you through the basics. So check that out. It's on Teachable, uh, but you can access that through my website. And if I can help you, reach out to me. Let me know how I can serve. Yeah, that's great. If you want to come spend some time with me, go over to stewardshippastors.com. You can fill out the contact box and get to know me a little bit, reach out. Uh, You can also download some tools and resources there and check out the book, Jesus on Money. Uh, It's in process and I know you're going to love it when it comes out. So I just want to say thanks again for joining us for this episode. We hope that you'll join us next time so together we can keep keep getting getting money right. also opens up the opportunity, I think, for many of us who have gone through this process in one or two areas of our lives, that we begin to see things we didn't see before. And it makes things that we never thought possible, possible. And quite doable, actually, because we understand what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm.